You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode two. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, the first episode was last week, and it went really well. And there's a ton of Texas poker news to get to this week as well. Um, speaking of which, I guess I'll let you get right into the latest in the poker scene this week, Clint. What do we have going on? You know, there's so much going on. Uh, what I had to give the lead story to is the Prime Series being announced. They announced their new summer series with uh, they have the new tournament director Justin Hammer that everybody's excited to have in Houston, who has a ton of experience hosting these things, and he announced all, all the entire series with the second Texas one million dollar guarantee. We actually have the first one just starting off this week, and we already have the second one for this summer lined out. So, and it's early summer; it's coming up very quickly. So very excited about this lineup, man. It's a it's gonna be great. It's uh so we're gonna the first event is gonna be a three hundred sixty buy in, a two hundred thousand dollar guarantee. And it seems like these series like to start off with like a kind of a not too steep buy in with a pretty big guarantee to kind of lead off the series, which I really think is a good way to go about it. Absolutely. And um, also, the dates for this series is going to start May 20th and continue through uh, June 6th. Yeah, it's uh, May, 20th, May 20th through June 6th. Uh, and it'll start off with the first, that 360 buy-in, and it'll kind of end off with that $1 million guarantee. And one thing that's really cool is all final tables will be live-streamed. Right, so if you want to play on a live-stream, here's your shot kind of thing. Yeah, and they did this with their last tournament. That three hundred, uh, it was like three hundred dollar buy-in. It was a big guarantee. I think it was two hundred thousand or something. I believe so. Uh, they did it, and I thought it was really entertaining. Uh, they kind of lucked out that they had a huge, like, kind of Houston all-star lineup. They had Ray Henson and a couple, of, a lot of other well-known poker players. Uh, they had the Juan. He was also in there mixing it up. He actually took it down. There we go, <laughs> really mixing it up. <laughs> yeah, he, I noticed on the live stream, he seemed to have like the biggest uh, rooting interest. A lot of people were rooting for him. Uh, I think I had to go with Ray Henson just because he is like that that Houston all-star. And also, once you saw him down to, th was it two big blinds or three? Two big blinds. To come back and still be able to battle for, I mean, he battled for a few hours after he was down to two big blinds. Oh, I think he went to first place for a minute. I mean, it was either in first or second place from two big blinds. Right, uh, which is just ridiculous, but also shows what kind of skill he has. Yeah, I mean, granted, it takes a lot of luck to do that as well, but that being said, to kind of battle back from that was pretty insane. I was definitely rooting for that, because talk about a great story, from two big blinds to take it down, but congratulations to Juan. Also kind of shows um, how he... Um, the ability to keep his mental composure. Because I know a lot of people, once they get down to two big blinds, kind of just mentally write it off and just kind of go all in with anything and just kind of already pack it in. Just to see him keep playing through the two big blinds was pretty pretty cool to, to watch. Yeah, and it's really cool to see 
like a tournament player in action like that. That's what one thing about these live streams that's very fun to see is, you know, standard strategy, 10 to 20 big blinds, you're kind of starting to look to get it all in. But you see a, a tournament player like that, and you realize that, hey, not every tournament can you just go in one strategy. Sometimes you just got to wait for the right moment. It's a, you know, eventually, and eventually it will come. But I'm really excited to do these, uh, see these final tables live streamed. I think it's really good to, uh, it's going to be really entertaining. Uh, obviously, the $1 million guarantee is going to be the ridiculously big story here. But one event I think is so interesting is this heads-up tournament with 64 players. I used to love watching these on Hulu back in the day, these uh, heads-up championships. And I think that's going to be so much fun to see. I remember watching them. I actually went to Half Price Books and got the DVD collection of the Heads Up Championships and got to watch it. So entertaining. And I remember last time they had a Heads Up tournament, it filled up so quick. So I imagine this one will be the exact same thing. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that because it is a pretty steep buy-in. It's 1100 which makes a lot of sense because this is going to be a very expensive tournament to run to have a dealer for just two players. So I can understand it. One thing I would love to see is like at least a couple satellites that you could get in for cheaper. Because I'm not going to buy in for $1,100 on this heads-up tournament. But I tell you what, I would love to get a shot at it for a little bit cheaper. If they could run like, you know, a sit-and-go for 150 bucks or something like that. Because this heads-up is going to be really fun. Right. And But so to limit the how long the tournament is going to be in that heads-up, it's only going to be 64 players. So keep that in mind whenever you're signing up. So 64 people, then it's going to be locked out. So Yeah, so if you want into that one, you better go ahead and buy in quick. They, they, could, go in pretty, they could go pretty fast. I don't know if the $1,100 buy-in will kind of keep it at bay, and it'll, it'll be a little bit before it fills up, but it definitely could fill up very quickly. I remember last time, I don't remember the exact buy-in, but I remember it was kind of steep. And it filled up instantly. So if okay. you if you want to do it, you really need to be on it kind of right away. I'm not sure when registration opens up, but I'm sure you could call them or go to their website to register. Yeah, so if you want to do it, go ahead and register quickly. But I would rather you not because I want them to do a satellite, and I need <laughs> it to not fill up to be able to do this. So, you know, but no, if you want to do it, definitely run in, uh, do it. Uh, they're doing the No Limit Hold'em $600 buy-in at a $300,000 guarantee. That is going to be really awesome as well. Uh, I kind of noticed on this tournament, uh, it's a little bit steeper buy-ins than the Champion Series that's going in. I'm wondering if there's going to be any like mini-satellites for these tournaments. I'm sure they're going to... Well, I bet they're going to have them, but it also seems like there's, they have so many players coming in, driving in, flying in. I'm not sure if they need them, but I, I'm sure they're going to do some, though, just to kind of give back, or not give back, but give some players the opportunity to, to get into these tournaments. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, I guess it depends on how many people register and how quickly. Right. But it's, uh, so I am very excited on a lot of these. Uh, obviously, the $1 million guarantee is going to be the, the lead-in here. One thing that is super cool they are having free rolls into the main event every Wednesday and Friday at noon and Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. 
And these free rolls, I forget, it was like a $20, it's like $20 entry. And then I believe it was like a $20 staff bonus, and you're actually pretty well stacked. So I think that is a really awesome, because I know Champions did a lot of the satellites into their $1 million guarantee. But also, but the, I guess because this $1 million guarantee is a little bit cheaper buy-in, the free rolls to get into it are a little bit cheaper to get into it as well, giving the average person a really good shot at a huge payday. Right, which is, uh, like we always say, super cool to, that they allow for these kind of satellites to let the average guy kind of, or average player, sorry, get into these main events. And also they have started having a live stream Wednesday through Saturday, which has been filling up pretty consistently. I know me and you have been kind of keeping an eye on it on Facebook and Twitch. Yeah, I think their live stream is very enjoyable. It's not... It's not the best quality. It's not Texas Card House or the Lodge quality, but it is still fun to watch. And it's probably the most accessible for a normal person. If you want to play on a live stream and just kind of judge your play, I mean, it'd be great to kind of see how you're doing against some other players and knowing what they have. It's great for, for that. And then, like I say, it seems way more accessible than some of the others, like Texas Card House and the Lodge. I know they have one three. But it's usually super deep stacked, like two thousand, like I don't know, two thousand dollar average stack. This Seem, seems way more normal. Seems strange that they call that game a one three game. Whenever everyone's so deep and the game plays so big, but I guess it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I, that's the deep stacked in Texas. Sometimes I just wish it would go to two five five five, because I mean, if it's gonna play like that anyways, might as well go there. Right, but I guess they also um, prime is doing free PLO or I guess it's free from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then it's $6 PLO every day. Yeah. That 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. is also free for Hold'em. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so it, uh, and then it will go to $12 after that. I really like seeing prime make a, they seem like they're trying to make a huge comeback. And I do like a lot of the things they're doing. They're thinking outside of the box or having dominoes tournaments. I mean, they're, they're really trying to strive to become a huge force in the poker industry again. I feel like they're definitely making the right moves. Yeah, I've been real impressed with how they've done some of this stuff. I mean, they're bringing in talent from outside of the Texas area. The live stream, I think, has done pretty well. Uh, so they're really doing a good job. And also, in other news, uh, 52 Social South, the truck giveaway is April 24th. So that's just coming up. Um, and they're also doing a really cool um, giveaway that day. So every day on the hour, they give you a chance to win. So you get to win to spin the wheel. And then once you spin the wheel, you get prizes. They've advertised so far like iPads, TVs. And that's all going to be every, I believe it was 30 minutes. Uh, it was, I believe, every hour. It might have been an hour, but I'm yeah. If you, whenever if you're going there, you'll be able to look it up ahead of time before you go. But they're yeah. definitely doing the spin the wheel for bigger prizes, and also what they're doing is they're having a new they're waiving your new membership fee, and if you your new membership fee and your entry fee, and if you bring a friend, you get two hours. You both get two hours of free play. Yeah, it's so basically it seems like they're just trying to make this Sunday where they're giving this truck away into like a big kind of party atmosphere. Right, I agree. Um, 
I'd be really interested to see what kind of prizes they give away because they kind of left it almost like a cliffhanger with just the TVs and iPads. I'm sure they're going to have other things as well. Well, you're spinning that wheel. It's got a ton of different categories, it seems like, but that was the only things they mentioned. So maybe like free time or something like that. I don't know. I, this is all speculation because like you said, once it says TVs, iPads, it just kind of goes dot, 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 and you really don't know <laughs> right. what it's going to be. <laughs> right. Um, I guess we also have some news on champions you're going to let us know about. Yeah. You, you know what? This actually brings me back. Uh, there's two people I want to recognize here. I've got one of a good friend who I played with a long time and is a well-known grinder in the poker Houston poker community, Miguel Pineda. He got sixth out of 571 entries for an 11,000 finish. And then back-to-back weeks got fourth out of 514 for 12,000. So I want to congratulate him for just running hot, and I hope he continues to uh, kill it. I know he's looking to try to do the $1 million guarantee, so hopefully he uh, keeps on that huge on that huge upswing. Right, just keeps crushing the tournament. That's someone I used <laughs> to play with at free rolls, at, like some bar free rolls for free entry. So to see someone like that go from, you know, Killing it at a free roll at a bar to cashing out $25,000 in two weeks or close to it. That's pretty amazing. Oh, definitely sounds like a great week for him. <laughs> so, And then leading into champions, I would also like to congratulations to Gerald Stogner. He won the series kickoff for $23,749. A 400 buy-in turned into $23,749. That's a good profit. That's a good investment right there. <laughs> right. And so, and that was, I believe, a hundred and fifty thousand guarantee. I believe so. Okay, that doesn't sound like much, but from what I could tell on their Facebook, that was chop three ways. It looked like an ICM chop in which he was the leader. There were three people who got over twenty thousand dollars. So that was a pretty amazing payday for those three people along with anybody else who cashed right so it's a it's quite a bit bigger than you than it first appears when you see first place for twenty three thousand dollars it was actually the top three people getting it so it was a very big prize pool yeah i wanted to definitely clear that up because sometimes you can see the first place on these huge guarantees and be like well that's not enough and be like I wonder that might be a horrible rake structure or something like that. No, it was it was an ICM chop, so three people took home gigantic paydays. Uh, one thing I am very obviously the lead in for champions, their one million dollar guarantee, the first in Texas history, will be coming up this week. So we are super excited to see what that brings. And they also got the live stream. They did a test this week. Their live stream. You know, it's probably not quite Texas Card House quality, but it's very close. I was very impressed. Right. Um, I've seen their live stream before and always have been kind of not blown away. I guess blown away, but it also helps that they have the commentators with it. Definitely adds to the um, the stream. Yeah, I forget the name, but there was a, definitely a professional commentator. And I tell you what, you can easily tell the difference between a professional and not a professional because he did such a good job. I was so impressed. I feel like it's one of those things where everyone thinks that they could do commentary on a live stream until you try to do it. If I know I was kind of in my head trying to think of things that you could say if you were by yourself or even with somebody. 
I think it's way harder than you would think. Kind of like podcasting. Exactly like podcasting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, so it's, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. The, when it first aired, when I was looking at it on Twitch, it kind of had this, like, kind of far out, spaced out view. And I was like, oh, God, this kind of looks like another stream I'm just not a big fan of. Right. And then, uh, and, but eventually it kind of zoomed in and closed up. And I was really impressed almost too much by the audio. Like, you could hear the chips so well in the players. Uh, talking way better than I thought you would be able to. Well, that would be really nice because I know when we were watching the Lodge's stream, one thing that they would say a few times is they're talking to each other and you could see their mouths moving or their masks moving. But it would be really cool if we could actually hear what they were saying. Definitely for some, I guess, like this is unfair to compare these local streams to this, but the high-stakes poker... I think does the best job of like commentary, but you can also hear the players and it's really interesting and fun to listen to. They do the best job of like combining that. And granted, that's a hell of a lot to shoot for. <laughs> so I mean, but like that's like I think the perfect mix, but I was really impressed by it. Uh I think the big question is, is they're having the monster no limit hold'em four hundred twenty thousand guaranteed? I would love to see that live stream today. I they I remember the saying they're going to do the first one Wednesday. I'm hoping they do that one because I think that would be a really uh, interesting one to see. Uh, today they're also doing the No Limit Hold'em PLO and Big O mix game. This was one I was really interested in seeing. I like the mix games. I like that they're kind of be kind of, kind of becoming a thing around here in Texas. It's a four hundred dollar eight thousand guarantee, which doesn't sound like much, but you know your chances of winning are going to be a whole hell of a lot more on a game like that too. Right. It's also pretty cool seeing that Thursday they have the PLO Championships for a six hundred dollar buy-in with thirty thousand guarantee. I feel like they just have to crush that guarantee, right? I think so. I mean, PLO is such a huge game here. I know, like usually for most places, it's you know, no limit hold'em crushes it, but in Texas, PLO is huge. So the thirty thousand guarantee at six hundred buy-in, I think it crushes it easily. Right. I, I just don't see how it doesn't. But um, if you're interested into it, that's going to be um, Thursday for the um, six hundred dollar buy-in. So keep an eye out for that one. I would also love to see that live streamed. I my PLO game needs some help. <laughs> I am not the best PLO player. Uh, I would love to see that live stream because it's a great training tool to kind of see how some of these uh, top-level players really do uh, do play their PLO hands, especially tournament, because uh, most people have not played a PLO tournament. It's uh, very popular. It is a cash game here. Right, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure the strategy for the final table in PLO versus your cash game strategy would vary greatly, but it would still be a good starting point for um, if you just wanted to kind of see some high-level strategy. Yeah, it's a. So I'm definitely hoping they kind of. If they could get the live stream going for that, I think that would be so much fun. Uh, Friday, they have the ultimate deep stack, the $400 buy in, $400 buy in for $25,000 guarantee. Uh, I like that they've had multiple deep stack no limit hold'em tournaments. I think that it's just. Those are my favorite events. I feel like you get the most play for your money on those. Um, but this one is a little bit bigger than the other deep stack tournaments. It has a um, 
25,000 guarantee instead of the 20,000 guarantee. Yeah, it's a uh, so like I say, the deeper the stack, the better. Because when I'm doing a tournament, there's two things I want to do. I want to profit and win the tournament. But also, I want as much enjoyment out of that tournament as possible. So if I'm going to pay $400, I want to get my time's worth out of it. And for the other people, even if I win it, the people who don't win it, I want to see everybody go and have a good time and feel like they got their money's worth out of it. Right, because if you're not going and having a good time, you might as well you know, playing online somewhere on some poker stars or something like that, right? The whole fun is going there and getting the experience of playing live in a big tournament. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, there's times I've... I remember the first WSOP event I did. I didn't win it, but I had such a uh, fun time because it was such an experience that I, you know, I was okay with not winning it. I was okay not cashing. Right. I would have rather cash. <laughs> yeah. let, me, l- let me go ahead and say that, but... It was such an experience that I enjoyed it anyways. I was like, that's an interesting take on tournament poker. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I guess if you're not going to cash, that's the attitude. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to try I'm gonna try very hard to go to that uh, tournament on Friday. So I'll, next week we'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, I would love to see you take that down. Me and so, you both. Yeah, especially <laughs> if I have a piece of your action, which I'm definitely going to try to get. Uh, so we're definitely going to hope for that. Uh, during Saturday, they will have the surprise bounty. Those are always a lot of fun tournaments. Uh, 30000 guaranteed with 10000 in added bounties. So that's going to be a huge one. Have you ever played in a surprise bounty tournament? Because I haven't. Mm, yes, I have. Actually, the one I took second place at Paramount, I believe... I can't remember if it was a surprise bounty or not. I th- it might have just been a bounty tournament. I thought the one you took second place in was just a bounty tournament because I've heard the – I'm not quite sure how the surprise bounty works. I don't know if you get a chip and then you turn it in to see how much it is or what they end up doing. I was just wondering if you knew or do we have to just show up and play it to find out. I think you're just going to have to show up and play it to find out. I'm not sure how it is, but I think it would be a very – it definitely adds another level of – I don't know. It seems very interesting. That's what I was saying. I feel like everyone probably does it a little bit different. But they've always been a lot of fun, the surprise bounty. So definitely worth checking out on Saturday. I would like to know, for the surprise bounty, if they do the, uh, if they have like what the average bounty is. Because if it was just a complete surprise and they didn't have the average <laughs> bounty, that really just murders any strategy. I mean, I don't know what you would really, how you would strategize that. So I'm guessing they have like what the average bounty is. And it might be lower, it might be higher, it might just be that average. I would assume. I, my guess, complete speculation, would be that they would have the average bounty and then, like, surprise jackpot bounties kind of thing. That would be fun. That would be a good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, they have the tag team, 250 per player, uh, 10,000 guaranteed. I can see these being popular. I don't know. I, it's not really... If I'm going to play pay $250 for a tournament... I honestly just want to be able to play my tournament. I mean, but I don't know. I guess if you push me to, we could we could uh we could tag team this tournament or whatever. But yeah, I will be at work, so when that going really to happen? To, I was about to say I don't think either of us will be there. But um, it's always in, it's always nice to um throw in a different type of tournament, kind of mix it up. So it, yeah. it'll be kind of cool to see who ends up taking it down. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see who ends up taking it down. 
I can imagine it would be you talk about a huge sweat if you are if like me and you are in this and you're at the final table or I'm or I'm at the final table. That'd be a huge sweat. Especially live stream where I'm gonna be criticizing every single head <laughs> or likewise you would be with me. Be like, What are you doing? So it will be a fun tournament. It'd be interesting. Uh and like I say, I like anything that's different. So and then the biggest one by far is the million-dollar guarantee next week. I cannot wait for this. The huge celebrity names I think is going to be really interesting. Uh, I can't wait to see what the first place goes for. There's going to be a lot of interest in this. Um, also in big first places in other poker news, uh, the Texas the Texas Card House just had their 500000 guarantee. And first place was $212,000. That is pretty amazing. That was an 800 uh, I believe like an $800 buy-in. So $800 to turn that into $212,000. I had all the payouts for the first five, but I kind of lost them. But I do know this. F- first through fifth all made $50,000 or more. Right. It must have just... Do you know if they crushed the guarantee? They, I would think they would have to have, right? I don't know if they did or not. They, I really didn't hear on that on that particular thing, but it seems like. I mean, I know that tournament was being run when a whole bunch of big tournaments were running, but a lot of those were in Houston, and I know this tournament was the most focus was in Dallas, so maybe that helped. Right. Well, and also that big first prize for. 500k that's just the nature of a $500,000 guarantee is a giant first place prize so uh, yeah i mean that's why we do tournaments i mean yeah we can do cash games if we want to just grind it up if you <laughs> want to make $212,000 in one day then that's your tournament <laughs> and you're also going to tell us about the step up tournament that they have going correct yeah the texas card house want they're doing a promotion and i think this is super fun this world poker tour steps final uh so what it's going to be is just like the steps from back in the online day where you start with like a small amount you win yourself up to a slightly bigger tournament to a slightly bigger tournament you start out with a five dollar buy-in and end up with a 250 dollar buy-in this is going to be the same thing it's only going to be live so what it will be is they're going to have weekly tournaments at some of these texas card houses i believe mostly I don't believe in Dallas. I believe it's in Austin, Houston, and Rio Grande Valley. And it's like a 90 to 135 buy-in, depending on the tournament you go to. But if you win that, you win yourself into the monthly, which will then, you can either win yourself into it, or you can buy into that monthly for like 250 to 325. So once you win that, then it's an invite only for a semi-annual event. And you will be entered into that tournament, and the winner will end up on a World Poker Tour cruise. And the all the travel expenses are covered. The lodging is covered. I believe the buy-in will be covered for the tournament. It sounds like a ton of fun. I mean, to be able to compete for this at a 90 to $135 dollar, event is just i think it's super fun i think this is a great idea right you can definitely have kind of like a chris moneymaker type story which would be 
could you imagine if you bought in for 90 and then ended up cash you just cashing that the cruise main event oh man it'd be so great and to me this is what makes texas poker great is like back in the online days you could basically buy in for very cheap amounts and win these satellites and win huge amounts like just like chris moneymaker and now that you can do it in a live setting, I think it's a great idea, and I love that they're capitalizing on it. And that cruise will be October 3rd through October 10th, if you're keeping an eye on the dates. Yeah, so that will be great. I now, this is in the COVID era, so I am a little concerned on those dates. But at this point, we're just going to hope for the best. We're going to hope that you know the numbers keep going down and we can return to life as normal. And this goes just as planned. And like I say, it would not steer me away from doing these events. Right. I guess at this point we can only kind of just hope for the best. But that's not even the only cruise this week that we've heard about. Yeah. I was so, I've always, so I've never done a poker cruise. It is definitely on my bucket list. So I was really excited to see Texas Cardhouse will be hosting a poker cruise. March 20th through 27th, 2022, so it's a long time from now, which is great because that gives even more time for things to settle down. It'll be on a Royal Caribbean ship, Liberty of the Seas, and I just can't wait. Uh, I think Texas Cardhouse will just be in charge of like the poker room on the ship. So now I'm wondering how many poker players is on that poker cruise and all of that. And I would love to see like some satellites Texas Cardhouse could do to maybe win your way onto the cruise. I don't know what's available. I don't know what the contract is, but I feel like it's could be so fun. Oh, I too have never been on a poker cruise, but this would definitely be one that I'd be looking to get on if I'm if I was going to go on a cruise and I was looking for that extra incentive. This is definitely it to get me on that boat. Oh, yeah. Well, and I love to combine poker with travel anyways. I like to go to different areas and all that. So a poker cruise is just right up my alley. So I, I don't know if I do this one. I definitely want to do one in the future. But I would love to be associated with this one. Like I say, I'm very curious to see how it all works out. Right, and it seems like when Texas Cardhouse is kind of in charge of things like that, it always is kind of a pretty good success. So I'm sure it's going to be a great time whenever if you end up getting on the cruise or winning your way on the cruise. Yeah, so I definitely expect it to be well run. They do a really good job with everything. Uh, like I've always been a, oh, a big fan of their live stream, uh, even their podcasts alike. It's a... Uh, like I say, I like ours because we are we can definitely be more be less biased towards all the poker rooms. But I think they've always done a good job with just about everything they've done. Uh, Something kind of cool, kind of switching to the next room with as far as news. Um, a room I haven't played at, but you play at pretty regularly. The Lodge. Um, just recently, a ton of vloggers have kind of all released their vlogs, the Lodge vlog. We had Next Gen Poker releasing a vlog, Adam Rude releasing a vlog, Mariano releasing a vlog, all at the Lodge, and just really kind of showed how nice the room is, how cool the live stream is. What's your experience, Ben, playing at the Lodge? Oh, I think it's one of the best poker rooms in Texas. Uh, they definitely probably get the most action of any place I've been outside of 52 Social. They always have multiple tables. They have, I mean, they have, they're probably the only poker room in Texas. I, 
I can only say probably. It'd be really rare for this. They host two tournaments a day. They host an afternoon and a night tournament. I mean, do you know how much action you have to get to be able to host two tournaments a day? It's just crazy. Uh, they probably have the biggest the biggest guaranteed free roll. They have a Tuesday free roll, eight thousand guaranteed, and it really and it for the most part it goes up again up above like thirteen thousand dollars almost every Tuesday. Right, and you said you've played in that, and it's been just madness, just buying after buying, tons of action, tons of players. How has that been for you? Oh, uh, it's just gigantic. It's a huge tournament. I definitely think it's the biggest. Like, I don't know how you want to go with free roll in Texas. Uh, it's $25 for 10,000 chips, and you can rebuy $20 for 10,000 chips. I basically consider free roll tournaments in Texas more or less just cheap tournaments. Right, and that's basically the only way you can think about them because there's no way they make these giant prize pools without you having to pay some money. And paying $25 buying with the add-on of 25 seems well worth it. Yeah, so for the listener, like if you do these free roll tournaments, a lot of them, how they will advertise is you can you pay like one admin fee, like maybe ten to twenty dollars, and you get so like maybe five thousand chips. Why we say it's a cheap tournament, not a free roll, is a lot of times the add-on or the rebuy is so big. I mean, you you do an add-on for. 20 bucks and it's 40,000 chips. So, which is great. It's a, creates a very deep structure for a very cheap tournament and I love the way it is. But that's kind of where we go with cheap tournaments versus free rolls. How would you say this free roll is if you were going to take a brand new player? Is this a good free roll to take them to, would you say? Yes, absolutely. Uh you can pay $25, 10,000 chips, you are not short stacked. Uh you pay another $20 and you get 10,000 chips. Uh, this would be great. It would be really a fun experience because, to me, when you bring a new player into something, you really just want it to be a fun experience. I want a big tournament that just creates a lot of action and just like a fun experience for them to, so they'll want to keep coming back. But yeah, I've really loved it. Like I love how they're doing the vloggers and the live stream. Did you? How do you? What do you feel about those live streams? Did you really enjoy uh, watching the vloggers do them? I really enjoyed watching the vloggers do them, and I also enjoyed watching the vlogs how they were able to use because I'm sure the lodge had to allow them to use their footage. So that was really cool that they let them use the footage to make the vlogs. And all the vloggers, you know, always doing a great job. Um, but we also talk about just how massive the Texas Deep Sack Poker is, and if you want to see a prime example of it. Tune into the Lodge's live stream if you want to see a gigantic Texas uh, poker game. Yeah, it was really a. It's their games are just gigantic. They they're one thing they have also that is very rare. They have one two games and one three games, which is pretty awesome because it gives like different levels of player. And the one two plays way less deep stack than the one three. So one two would be like almost like a Vegas one two game. Whereas 1-3 is like a Texas deep stack game. I think that's a really cool thing that they do. Um, Texas Cardhouse Austin also does, did, well, when I went probably last year, they, they have that same type of situation there. I feel like that's a more, uh, like in Austin, like you get more 1-2 games. And then the 1-3 is like the upper level to a degree. 
That's yeah, I haven't played in Austin enough to completely know that Lodge is really the only place, but that seems the uh, how it is. Uh, so some things about the Lodge that I am going to highlight. They have on this Sunday they will have the Big One Re-Entry Tournament, uh, $345 entry for a $20,000 guaranteed, uh, 30-minute levels and 25,000 chips. Uh, there's only going to be only one re-entry, and late registration will be till 4.27. It starts at 12 p.m. I think I forgot to mention that. Uh, and the winner receives the trophy and trophy and plaque on the wall. I think that's going to be a really fun tournament. It's uh, $345. I like that it's only one re-entry. It creates almost like a freeze-out environment without completely being a freeze-out. Um, you've been to the lodge. Do they already have plaques up? Is that something you commonly see, or is this going to be the beginning of it? Oh no, they have a ton of them up. Yeah, kind of. They they really enjoy highlighting like the good players and you know people who've been successful. So it, you kind of go on that wall just to kind of be remembered and you know the lodge history. So I think that's a really cool idea that they do. I don't think anyone else has anything even close to something like that. So that's a really cool kind of thing that they do. Yeah, I'm really, they have a lot of great ideas, and I'm just, I've been blown away by that room. Uh, so, a couple other things I want to highlight on this room, because they do do such a good job. Uh, it is free to play 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. every single day. So, I know a lot of these Texas poker rooms are doing this in Texas to kind of get their day games up and running. Uh, they're like everyone else, but they probably one of the few in Austin that actually have a game running at that time, but it is free. They have the bad beat jackpot, $11,000 to Texas Hold'em and 6,000 in Omaha increases each month. Don't, don't go to sleep on those bad beat jackpots. I play, it was playing recently playing at a poker room with a bad beat jackpot without a bad beat jackpot and would have hit. It's a sad day because if you lose and they don't have a bad beat jackpot, you just lose. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah, Have yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah. It was a very sad day. I lost with quad sixes. Uh, so that's uh, basically everything I want to say about the Lodge. But like I say, they are really doing a good job. Uh, one of the Definitely one of the top, top uh, rooms in the Austin area. So... Tyler, you want to? I think we're going to highlight another club that's also making some waves. Uh, Shuffle Five Twelve. You want to? Sure. Um. So we said that they just released a new Bad Beat jackpot, and it's a five thousand dollar jackpot. Um. So like you said, it's always nice if you're going to take a horrible beat to be at a room with a Bad Beat jackpot. Oh yeah. At this point, uh, at least for the next month, I don't think I'll play it <laughs> one without it. <laughs> so, but they also they double the Bad Beat jackpot. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., and then Tuesday, Thursday, from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. I mean, I'm sure you can't pick when you take a take a horrendous beat, but if you could, do it in those times. Well, it might <laughs> encourage you to play more on a certain time. Like, I mean, if you know there's a bigger chance, I mean, I don't know. I might go a little bit earlier to kind of take advantage of that. So I really think that's a really cool idea that they're doing. Another kind of cool idea that they're doing, or they're also having uh, scheduled cash games with Big O on Monday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Oh, you know, I love this. Uh, I have really kind of started to really enjoy 
uh, Omaha High Low. And I love that it's some of these mixed games are catching on in Texas. And Texas is one of the few places you can play these mixed games at kind of lower at lower stakes and lower rakes. Right. Well, also speaking of uh, Shuffle Five Twelve allowing lower stakes, they're also doing one one PLO um, Thursday at seven, Friday at six, and Saturday at six. But kind of makes for an interesting t- um, kind of subject or. Something to think about if you're going to go play in this 1-1 PLO game. I'm not sure how big or how deep stacked it is. But I would think if you're still paying the same hourly time, that is going to be a super tough um, hourly to either beat or... Unless you're just doing it for experience and practice, which is perfectly fine too, which is probably what I would do with this 1-1 PLO. Just to really get your feet wet and really mix it up in the cash game without playing for... Because if you're in the 1-3 PLO game, you're normally in it for at least $300. Yeah, I think for the maybe the kind of newer PLO players, this is a great idea. Uh, I don't know how good your chances are of beating the time fee in the long run at 1-1, but it's a great way to get better at it. It's uh, I would much rather see these newer players have $100 out there than $300 when they're just beginning. Because coming from a place where I play at College Station, there's a lot of players who come in there and have never played high-low, have never played the reverse uh, PLO, and you know they'll lose their entire stack because they know No Limit Hold'em and they don't want to sit out that one game and get killed so i think this is a great way to start out i think the if you are doing this the goal needs to be eventually to go to one three but i think this is a great way to get training for it i would i wouldn't even kind of enjoy doing that just to try it out for myself because i don't have nearly as much plo experience as i do hold them and i would really like to play a one one plo game just as pure practice and just kind of getting to familiar with different situations, boards, and just getting just that experience. I think it's a gr- I think it's a great way to do it. I mean, I've raved about the Paramount, their round of each tournament, as a good way to kind of break yourself into PLO rather than just jumping these high-level cash games. But uh, this is a... This would be more accurate because it literally is a cash game. A tournament just plays different. And it's also nice to see someone or another room because we have a few rooms, but another room lending themselves to the big, the beginner, someone trying to learn PLO. That's really um, cool to see as well. Yeah, I really am just, you know, as any content creator or anybody who's just a poker enthusiast, you want to see the game grow and stuff like this really helps the game grow. A lot of these rooms get set on, they want to, be known as the one that has the highest limits you know it creates a kind of a buzz and all that but you know some of these other rooms that are doing the lower stakes they're the the ones really growing the game in the long run right and there's a reason i mean just because they have the biggest game going on a vast majority of players can't play in the biggest game that the room has oh yeah a very niche market when you're going you know 50 100 plo or something so yeah absolutely and it kind of has a cool sound but You've been in rooms with games that big. You can't really go over. The, you don't really go over there and just stand and watch. You kind of do your own thing, and you're almost never playing in a game that big. Yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. It's cool to be around that type of action, but at the end of the day, I want the game that's going to suit me the best. I mean, I'm there to play, not really usually watch. So, 
in some other news, which is kind of not so much tournament related or cash game related, Paramount just released on their Instagram that beginning April 20th, they're no longer going to require members to wear the facial masks. And if you want to talk about a room who has been taking the facial masks very serious, Paramount is one of them. And it's going to be very interesting to see how their player pool reacts, how just what ends up coming about of that room when they allow them to not wear masks. Because a lot of rooms have already allowed them not to wear masks. But it's going to be interesting to see Paramount because I've played there a few times. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> it's an interesting situation. But um, it'll be interesting to see what ends up coming of this. Because I know a lot of their players will say that, why well, only come here if, I can w- if everyone wears a mask? And then I've heard the other side at that same room. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Well, you know, something else that's also interesting that I don't think we've talked about is, you know, Austin is very strict with the mask. Like, I think every poker room I have been at, they do still require the mask to be worn. Uh, I think champions, you can go and you have, you have the choice. But with Paramount, not. Yeah, it's a, such a huge change because they have been the most strict. I mean, if you are drinking or eating, I mean, they almost want that in between sips or bites. I mean, they are super strict. So, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I think everybody's going to have their opinions, and some people are going to like Some people are going to love it. I know a lot of people are going to love it because a lot of people have complained about it at the table. And certain people will not. But, you know, that's you have the freedom to choose. And right now, for me, I kind of stand on the point where... I just still wear the mask no matter where I go, um, just because my mask is very comfortable, and I'm, I've am i just kind of grown used to wearing it. And even if it makes one or two more people feel better or safer about playing, I don't mind wearing it. I know some people hate it, but I wear it still just to kind of, if it makes one or two more people feel comfortable, I don't mind wearing it. But I know a lot of people, it really kind of grinds their gears and bothers them a lot. You know, I used to not like, I used to really bother me, and then I went to Vegas, where we did our Vegas trip, played in the little jail cells that they have, these clear octagon, it looks like the jail cell in like Magneto's in an x <laughs> so once I did that, I was like, okay, masks are not a big deal, because I hated that with a passion, I just thought that that just killed the game completely it took out all a ton of the social interaction because you can't hear anything when you're in that little glass bubble or plastic bubble and then players will kind of reach behind the bubble and try to talk to you around the bubble or they're trying to negotiate a run at once run at twice situation and i'm like you're ordering lunch i can't quite hear what you're saying uh, are you talking to me the dealer i did call is that what you're asking what do you have kind of situation just i can't hear anything even me and you sitting next to each other couldn't really even talk. Yeah, it was it just killed the game. I just hated it so much. So after that, the mask didn't become like a huge deal for me. But I don't know if I don't have to. I'm not sure if I'll wear it or not. I I think I'm just gonna judge it by the table. If I go to a table where everybody is not wearing it, I feel pretty safe. Uh, then I probably won't. If it's a table where I think a ton of people are wearing the mask and I think people it would make people uncomfortable, I'll probably just wear the mask. I'm not really going to... I'm not huge set one way or the other. That's kind of where I'm at with it. But um, So as far as news, I guess that's kind of the latest news this week. But 
we had an interesting kind of situation happen last week. We both went to that Paramount Thursday Thursday tournament. And I was going to ask you what you thought about. So, in this situation, um, I was in the big blind. And I had king-queen offsuit. And I had about 14 big blinds. And I had, so somebody opened it up to two big blinds. We had a caller of two big blinds. And we had someone jammed all in for just about one and a half big blinds. So I was thinking this would be a great time because we were still early enough in the tournament where no one's really busted out because it's a freeze out and we're all about the same stack depth. Okay. So I ended up jamming all in from the big blind for 14 big blinds. The first player hems and haws and doesn't kind of debating. He folds, right? But then the other, the last player to close the action, who is about 14 big blinds with me as well, is thinking and thinking. And then I have the player who was just folded kind of lean over and tell me, he says, well, you're getting great odds to call. You should call. And then the guy puts the call in. He's like, oh, okay, sure. So he puts the call in. He ends up having um, like ace four offsuit, ace six offsuit. And the guy with the one and a half big blinds ends up turning a flush with jack four of spades. And I ended up losing the the side pot, which was still pretty big. Oh, uh, it sounds like much bigger than the main pot. Right. And then he ends up scooping that with ace high. And man, that to have the dealer not really say anything or none of the play. Because I even had a player say, oh, man, I thought he was going to fold. And I was like, well, it sure didn't help that guy. tell. I told this to the player. So it sure didn't help having that guy tell me he should call whenever he's already folded the hands over. The guy is visibly in a decision it wasn't automatic he's sitting there kind of going back and forth he has the cards up he's about to fold them he's kind of thinking and then to just have another player come out and say oh i think you should call you're getting really good odds man really kind of stung getting kicked out of the tournament like that you know the the dealer didn't now like once it happens there's only so much they can do but the dealer didn't mention anything about not you know influencing the other's decision um, no, the dealer didn't say anything. Um, none of the players even found it that weird. And Paramount kind of lends itself to um, a fun um, environment, and a lot of players who aren't probably playing the bigger tournaments. But still, just having that happen was just kind of, I don't know, somewhat annoyed me. Yeah, I can see that. Well, okay, I love that Paramount kind of caters to like newer players i mean we were talking about uh rooms like growing the game at lower limits so i like that they cater to lower the like these players who kind of are newer and might not know the etiquette but when you're catering to players like that part of catering to them is teaching them the right etiquette so i think the dealer still has to say hey you know you i mean once somebody does that and that person calls you really can't go back and do anything but the dealer at least needs to say you know, hey, you can't do that because you're going to play at other rooms where they're definitely not going to allow that. Although I have, this is not the first time we've come across this, and it does seem to be a, more and more of a problem around other poker rooms as well. Yeah, but kind of in the moment, I just kind of decided just to kind of brush it off. I didn't want to seem like I was complaining because it could kind of be taken as kind of like a sore, sore loser kind of thing. So I was like, I'll just kind of let it annoy me and kind of move on. Well, not to mention, like, 
the, pe- the people will get all, you know, their panties in a wad and all that, but you can't really do anything back. You can't go back in time. That player still has the ability to call. So what the dealer can do is kind of limited. The only thing they can really do is tell that player, hey, don't influence the decision. But if that player's already influenced the decision, I mean, it might help for next time, but it doesn't really do anything for you in general or whoever they're, whoever just got killed in that hand. Right, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Wondering how, how would you handle that situation if you were me after? Would kind of the same way, you think? Yeah, I think the same way, especially... Yeah, like I say, you can't really do much about it. So, you know, kind of just take your lumps. And then I give a little bit more leeway to a place like, you know, Paramount than I would. I guess it would really kill me if I'm like in a $450 buy-in or $500 buy-in tournament. I would be super annoyed at that point. But tournament rules should be the same exact everywhere. But there is a little bit different atmosphere surrounding different buy-ins right well on the on the absolute positive side at least it happened before the add-on yeah that's true (laughs) yeah saved you a a couple bucks Uh, so and on the positive side i took fifth place so i'm pretty happy with the tournament (laughs) yeah (laughs) um now that being said one thing i could notice and don't get me wrong everybody was happy everybody cashed the final table especially paramount where it's like kind of a fun atmosphere but at the beginning of the tournament, they did say it was going to be live-streamed. And then when we got to the final table, they're like, no, it's not going to be. And I could notice like, kind of a disappointment around the table. You could tell a lot of people were looking forward to that. I wonder what influenced that. But if Paramount's going to advertise that all these tables are going to be live-streamed, unless there's like some type of technical difficulty that they're going to let everybody know about, you can't really use that as an advertisement unless you're going to be consistent with it, right? Oh, I completely agree. But especially with Paramount's live stream, it's, they have such a cool live stream. It's, I think it, they do such a good job with it. Like I say, I think like they're like one decent commentator away from like really having a good one, especially for cheap buy-ins. It's the one live stream you can do for the cheapest buy-in, by far. Because right now, they don't have any commentator, correct? There's no one's just the live stream, the cool cameras, and the cool angles. But as far as I recall, there's no commentators. Yeah, no commentators that I saw. Which is weird, because they do like have people who I think could do it. And I think they could do a really good job. But I, was, I could notice a little bit of disappointment, but like... But that being said, I will say I love Paramount, and going back and playing that tournament, realize it's been a while and how much I miss playing at that room. So it's just a, I think it's the most fun atmosphere that I play in. Like I say, every room has its goods and bads, but that's one just lends itself to a very fun atmosphere. Um, other than that tournament, did you end up playing any other poker? Or was that about that was it for you? Correct? Because we were gonna kind of talk about how you did this week. No, we uh, yeah, I was. Outside of that, that was pretty much it. So I uh, just didn't get to as much poker as I really wanted to this week. You know, the joys of having, you know, a family, wife, kid, <laughs> and living an hour and a half away from almost all the poker rooms. That combines to not being great for your hourly as far as poker. Right. Um, okay. Um, so I kind of have an interesting hand for you that I thought you'd probably like to hear. Um, I played this hand uh, at 52 Social. It was kind of in the middle of the night, around 
three in the morning probably. And we're about four or five handed. And I was playing pretty tight, but I decided, well, I'm going to play this hand for some reason kind of thing. I was like, eh. So I end up with nine, seven offsuit. And I was like, well, I could maybe put 15 in and see what happens, right? I get three bet to um, 45. The other two players fold. It comes back to me. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to call because, I don't know, probably should have folded every time. But I ended up putting in the call, and I saw a flop of 668, which is basically the dream flop for the um, 9-7 offsuit. Oh, if you're playing a 9-7 against a three-bet hand offsuit, yeah, 6-6-8 is your dream flop. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so I'm expecting... A pretty big bet here on the turn. He bets $20. So this is phenomenal. It's an easy call. Um, so I call and the turn is another 8. So it's kind of an interesting situation. So I'm like, well, now he's definitely going to kind of size up. Um, but he bets 55 So it's like, well, okay. Because I... um. I checked it to him both, uh, all all three streets. Okay. And um, so he bets 55. I call. I river the five. So now we have the straight, but the board is six, six, eight, eight, five. Okay. Just a review for the pod, uh, people listening to the podcast. So you raise to 15 pre flop, get three bet to 45. You call with nine, seven offsuit. And flop comes six six eight. The turn you ch- you check and he- oh wait I'm sorry on the flop he uh you check he bets twenty you're getting great pot odds there so you just choose to call. Yep. Turn comes another eight pairing the board to six six eight eight. You check and he bets fifty five. Yes. Uh, and we were both over a thousand dollars deep in this hand. Yeah. Um. So then the river brings the five. I bet into him because I don't want this to check through because I'm thinking he has aces, kings, some sort of ace, king, some sort of three-betting hand is what I kind of put him on originally. That's just, that seems about right. So I bet 300 He jams all in for another 1000 Really put me in a tough situation because I'm sitting there thinking, how many slow-played six, ace-sixes could he have? Ace-eight, eight-nine, five-six, kind of something like that. I mean, this is such a weird spot because he should never have an eight or six here. But then again, like aces and kings seem, I mean, like I can understand a call, but I can, you have all the sixes, you have all the eights, and I don't understand why he would ever be jamming on top. So this is one of those things where almost nothing makes sense about this hand because... I just don't, I mean, would be turning aces into a bluff that doesn't make any sense. I mean, when, okay, you're a straight, double-paired board. You have to, you'd considered folding, I assume. I, I did consider folding, but then I thought back to this player's not three-betting all that often. So I have to kind of assume that he's not three-betting the 5-6 suited, the 7-8 suited, 8-9 suited. Stuff like that, and then the best part is, I actually blocked a lot of the two pair co- or the like the um, six seven I blocked, um, 
eight nine I blocked with my eight with my nine seven. That is very true. That's a really good. That's really good blockers to have on that as well. So, yeah, that's. I want to say it would be a call, but that being said, I'm not. I mean, when you're going all in for a thousand dollars on a double paired board with a straight, you never feel good about it. So I ended up making the call, and then he slammed the table. So then I felt great. Oh yeah. Oh, that makes you feel really good. <laughs> so, it's um. Um, he never showed, but I ended up being good. But I thought that was a kind of a cool, interesting hand um, that I ended up playing. That's a really cool, interesting hand. It makes you kind of realize playing some of these people who make moves that don't make any sense. When you're trying to make sense of it, just really can kind of throw you sometimes. Because I don't know what he had. If he's turning ace-king into a bluff there, or what's going on. But nothing he has makes sense there. I mean, he—I don't know why he would turn something into a bluff when he doesn't have that many bluffs in that range. You know, I mean. Well, he definitely—he—he he agreed with you. He was like, "Well, that didn't make any sense. I don't know what I was doing," kind of thing. I—I I don't. It almost seemed kind of like maybe like like we talked about before, maybe like a panic bet. Yeah, just you know. Either a panic, frustration, or something like that, that he just didn't know how to respond. Because your $300 bet was kind of overbet the pot quite a bit, too. Right, it was a pretty big bet. And I was thinking, you know, aces would call this, kings would call this. This is my time to get value on the river, is what I was thinking. So, I guess it was just, yeah, like I say, panic, frustration. Because if you have aces or kings, I can understand a call. I mean, I don't. I definitely think you should probably even be folding there because you're the one with all the sixes and eights in your range, and you've called twice. So, I mean, you're either looking at an over pair over sixes or eights, like a straight draw, like you had, which just got there, or an actual six and eight, which you have everything in your range here. So, very weird bet by him in a weird spot, but it's a good call because I. People can say, like, well, he doesn't ha- uh, You're. I can already hear all the listeners. Well, he doesn't have that in his range and all that. Well, there's a lot of people that don't have crap in their range, and they <laughs> they turn over all kinds of crap. And what's a $1,000 pot in a Texas pot? That is still a de- oh, definitely a tough call. I guess on that note, that concludes Episode 2 of the Texas Poker Podcast. Uh, we will see you guys next week. We're out. <laughs> That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.